This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dude Looks Like the 80s. I'm your host, R.J. McCready. And for this episode, now we're getting a little bit closer to Christmas, the festive season. I thought I'd take you guys back to the year 1984 to look at Joe Dante's iconic movie, Gremlins. So let's play a trailer and I'll be right back. See you guys soon. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're going to like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift (laughs) he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever, (laughs) mischievous, 
going on here? I'm dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. And welcome back, guys. So let's have a look at the synopsis for this film. So a boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. It's a PG, it's got a 106 minute runtime, and it's classed as a comedy fantasy horror movie. As I said before, it's directed by Joan Dante, who also had success around about this time with The Howling. Uh, he also went on to do films like The Burbs, and it's also written by Chris Columbus, who went on to go and do the Harry Potter movies. He also wrote the film which I reviewed uh, recently called um, Young Sherlock Holmes. And not to forget, Steven Spielberg was tied to this film. And I think it's one of Spielberg's presentation movies, so it's kind of like a sort of trilogy of the Goonies, Gremlins and Young Sherlock Holmes, believe it or not. They're all tied in together so the film was made for 11 million dollars and in june 1984 when it was released it made 153 million dollars that year which is really good i mean that's a big box office success considering the film came out the same time as ghostbusters i mean it came out the same week could you imagine that um another big movie for that time you also had um the temple of doom um, that year as well so you had some big hitters back in 1984 that's just to mention a couple or just a few and you also had Rick Baker do the special effects um, apparently each gremlin cost $40,000 to make um, and you know how many gremlins are actually in this movie so you can just tally that up and there was no CGI back then so this was all practical special effects which is pretty cool and I think it's what makes um, the film tangible and um, stand to the test of time, almost as you know, I've heard some of my you know fellow podcasters mention this in their shows how how special effects do stand up. The music is by Jerry Goldsmith. He did the soundtrack to Alien, and he did the soundtrack to um, Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, just to name a couple of movies that he was involved with. Um, great composer and the story was well the screenplay was created for this movie was by Chris Columbus but it, the story actually originates from a very famous um, storyteller which is Roald Dahl who we all know for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory George's Marvelous Medicine and he made this story or he put this story together back in 1943 when he was an Air Force pilot and there was um, a grumble amongst the pilots um, when the engines used to fail or they had mechanical problems with the planes and they used to say it was the gremlins, these 
creatures that used to interfere with the mechanics. So that's where the story originates from, which is pretty cool. So moving on from the trivia there, see who stars in this movie. So you've got Zach Galligan, who plays Billy Peltzer. And the only other film I know him to be in is a film called Waxworks, which is another cool movie. It's a horror film. I can't remember if he did this before or after, but it was around about that time. You've got the lovely Phoebe Cates, um, who plays Kate. She plays um, Billy's girlfriend in this movie. And the legendary Dick Miller. I mean, need I say more? Unfortunately, I have to say the late Dick Miller. He passed away. I can't remember if he passed away this year or last year. Um, but he's a legend. He's the sort of guy that you either want to have as your next door neighbour, or as your barber, or as your car mechanic. He can fit any of those roles. He's just generally comes across as a nice guy and a proper character. And I think one of his favourite um, roles was um, in The Howling when he plays the occult book art, bookstore owner. <clears throat> And I've sometimes thought that he could have carried that film off by himself as the uh, lead antagonist, but I won't segue into that too much. So, um, yeah, legends, legends. And going from a legend, you got Judge Reinhold. Nothing against Judge, but he plays a dickhead in this film, and it's and he's pretty much unforgettable, if you know what I mean. I, I don't know. I just thought they just chucked that in there, you know. Um, until I've <laughs> revisited this film, I forgot he was in it. But... Um, He's gone from playing, yeah, this dickhead character to... I think it's the same year he's in Beverly Hills Cop as uh, Detective Rosewood and he plays a great character there, but I won't, I won't segue into that too much. Um, you've then got uh, Corey Feldman, oh, another legend, another legendary character, and he plays um, Billy's um, friend Peter in this movie. So that's just to name a few um, actors, actresses in this film. But let's move on, let's move on to the film, let's have a look at the movie. So the film starts with Mr. Peltzer, um, Billy's dad is the sort of protagonist in this film. He goes to a very old sort of antiquity store where he meets an old Chinese guy um, who's got lots of curiosities in this shop and it's one of these shops that I would love to go and visit. I love the old curiosity shop myself, looking around at some old stuff. And Mr. Peltzer, um, Billy's dad, he is an inventor, so at the same time he's trying to sort of sell some goods, um, it's very sort of comical and I think it's just sort of those times of the 80s where we're sort of moving on to sort of, he's trying to find the next idea and technology and all that sort of stuff. And at this time um, he comes across Gizmo and you don't actually see Gizmo at this time, you just see him in a little box making lots of noises and he sort of goes well. What's Mr. Peltzer says, what's that? I'm interested in that. Um, but the old Chinese guy who actually, I forgot to mention, that's a bit like Low Pan out of Big Trouble in Little China. Um, he says, no, you can't, he's not for sale. It, you know, not for sale, sir. But, but the little kid in the store thinks it's a bad idea and he says to Mr. Peltz on the side, look, I'll sell it to you. Um, in fact, I've got a scene here. Let's play this scene right here now. Okay, mister. Here it is. Oh, right. What about your grandfather? Forget what he said. He's crazy. We need the money. Now, come on. You want it or not? I want it. Look, mister. There's three rules you've got to follow. Yeah? What kind of rules? Keep him out of the light. He hates bright light. Especially sunlight. It'll kill him. And keep him away from water. Don't get him wet. But the most important rule, the rule you can never forget, 
No matter how much he cries, no matter how much he begs, never, never feed him after midnight. You got it? Sure, kid, whatever you say. Hey, listen, thanks, and have a Merry Christmas. So there you go, guys. They pretty much set up this film here. They told you already, you know, they'll allow to feed him after midnight, um, bright lights, um, water, all that sort of stuff. And, of course, it's all going to go fine, isn't it? <laughs> the film then introduces you to Billy, who works at the local bank, and he's got a dog called Barney, which he takes to work. And you've got this horrible character, and she's from the scene from the uh, beginning of the show, Mrs. Deagle. Uh, she's not a dog lover, and she says that Barney, uh, Billy's dog, tore up her lawn. She wants something done about it. I think she just wants to have the dog put down. And Barney jumps up from behind the counter and sort of threatens her and that. So, I mean, they're just sort of setting up a few sort of characters of the story here. And as I mentioned earlier, you also got uh, Judge Reinhold who turns up here to pretend to be like a sort of pompous arse at the bank and all this sort of stuff. So, um, so Billy is kind of like a little bit of a, I suppose, underdog character in this movie. Um, but putting that aside, he then... Um, he goes home and he stops off at the bar and this is where he meets his girlfriend Kate which is played by Phoebe Cates and there's the love interests um, for the movie so then Billy gets home and then he meets his dad who has a new present for him and he's introduced to Mogwai or Gizmo as he calls him and obviously his dad can't put wrap the present and put it under the tree because obviously he you know, You've got, a, <laughs> got Gizmo in the box. You don't want to keep him in there all that time. And this is where you introduced him. You've got this scene here. Oh, isn't it cute? Has it got a name, Dad? Yeah, Magwai. What? Magwai. I don't know, some Chinese word. I just call him Gizmo. He seems to like it. So, pretty cool scene. As I said earlier, they're pretty cool special effects in this movie. Uh, quite expensive special effects, come to mention it, as I said earlier. So then Buddy falls in love with Gizmo and he teaches him how to um, play the piano. Um, always, this is where he's got the iconic um, theme that Gizmo sings. And here, I'll just throw this scene in here. So we all know it, guys. Whenever we think about Gremlins, we think about this uh, cute song that Gizmo sings. And then we're introduced to Pete, Corey Feldman. Brilliant character. He's awesome in this. And he doesn't seem too faced by the uh, Mogwai um, Gizmo creature. He's just going, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. Let me have a look at it. He goes, can I pick it up? And you know it's all going to go wrong. He spills some water over him. And this is where Gizmo multiplies. And it's so funny, I love this bit. It's where Peter, um, again, he's, he's just unfazed by it. The Gizmo character has just multiplied. That would seem incredibly weird if that happened to me. And <laughs> Corey Feldman's character just goes over, picks up a magazine, goes, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Honestly, yeah, that's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've got, got this scene here. Hey, look, that one's got a cute little stripe on its head. Oh. Oh. Isn't that incredible, Pete? Yeah, right. 
Oh, I mean, don't you think this is... It's incredible. Who oh, is me? I'm serious. Absolutely hilarious. I think it's great. They also try to take a picture of them as well, and then you get the flash from the camera, which um, knocks them over. So that might come in handy later on. So next day, Billy takes um, one of the Mogwais to school for his science teacher to examine, and his science teacher is amazed by what he's looking at, and he gets a little bit of water, and he puts it onto the uh, Mogwai, and he multiplies again, and he says, look, I'll keep this one at school, and I can run a few tests. So during the night, after midnight, um, the Mogwai is in the cage, and he sort of reaches around, and he grabs something to eat, so obviously you know what's going to happen there. And then... I think I might have just jumped a little bit f too far forward here, but Billy gets home and he realises that the Mogwais are starting to sort of create a little bit of personality and one of them's got like a mohawk. And he also finds his dog Barney tied up outside um, in the Christmas decorations and he immediately thinks it's Mr Deagle, but he can see any footprints. So there's already... Um, some mischievous things going on in the household and then at night time the uh, mogwais trick billy into being fed they change the clock and then that's when they go into like a sort of they crystallize or something they go into like a sort of cocoon the next day um billy gets a phone call from his science teacher saying that um exactly what's happened in billy's bedroom the gremlins have turned into like these sort of eggs or like a cocoon um, stage and he says to Billy come to school straight away and at this time you've got Gizmo hiding in an American football helmet shaking as the um, cocoons are starting to hatch or the eggs are starting to hatch then Billy gets to school and then he finds his science teacher dead as Billy tries to call for help the uh, the gremlin now, as you could call it, uh, reaches up and this is where you get the first um, look at a gremlin. And it's the same size as uh, Mogwai, except they're more malicious. They've got teeth and they've turned into a reptilian-like monster. And the creature escapes. And then uh, back home at Billy's house, uh, Gizmo's being tortured by the um, by the gremlins. And it's really got a quite cool scene this, where you've got Billy's mum or Mrs Peltzer she hears all these noises and she goes up to the room with a knife and she pretty much single-handedly takes on the gremlins by herself and it's a pretty cool scene, You've got this scene right here So she chucks one into a microwave. I think she stabs one with the knife. And there's another one, but it's a pretty cool scene where it's a very clever scene actually, where it's sort of amalgamated into the Christmas tree and she's walking around with the knife in her hand and she can't see the gremlin and it's sort of, you see the eyes come up on the Christmas tree. So that's a pretty cool scene. And then um, Betty comes home, he runs through the door and he grabs a sword and he... Um, kills one of the key creatures into like the fireplace so he rescues his mum but then the um, fifth creature the one with the mohawk um, he gets away he escapes from the house 
Man, I've seen this film a dozen times. I've forgotten the name of that um, gremlin now. I think he's called Stripe, the one with the mohawk. That's it, his name's Stripe. <laughs> Complete, completely threw over my head then. So Stripe gets away and he goes to a local YMCA where he falls into a swimming pool and multiplies. So then you've got an army of gremlins and you've got this scene here. And then after this, all havoc goes out in Kingston Falls, a sleepy little town. And you've got um, the scene that you had from the beginning of the show where you've got Mrs. Deagle. a very funny scene where she gets attacked by the gremlins. And I think they um, stood outside our house singing Christmas carols, which is very apt. Uh, it's a pretty cool scene. And it's hilarious where she straps herself into this chair, goes up the stairs and gremlins are messed about with the electrics and she just goes flying through the window. So she gets her dust just desserts for being nasty at the beginning. You then get this cool scene here where Kate's working at the bar and all the gremlins turn up and they're all drinking, they're all partying and you get this scene here. But where the gremlins are distracted by daylight, Kate very cleverly uses her um, Polaroid camera, the flash, uses the flash to distract the gremlins and escape from the bar. Kate then escapes and gets to the bank with Billy, um, and Billy's um, aided by Gizmo this time. And all the gremlins have gone to the theatre to go and watch um, Snow White, which is quite a funny scene. They're all in there. I think some of them got 3D glasses on and all singing and watching it. Um, but this is where Billy manages to um, blow up the local theatre, thinking that he's managed to destroy all of the gremlins. But one of them gets away being Stripe, and he walks across the road to go and get some more candy. And he goes to the um, local sort of Montgomery Ward store, it's like a toy shop and you get like the final showdown here. It's quite a cool scene where Gizmo helps Billy out. He gets into um, like a Barbie doll or uh, Barbie car or something like that. little pink car that he drives around in. And there's a scene here where Stripe has a chainsaw and he's trying to sort of attack Billy. And I I know that this is a direct homage to the Tex Texas Chainsaw Massacre by either Steven Spielberg or Joe Dante. So they throw that in there. And then Stripe goes to the water fountain and he's trying to spawn himself like with for more gremlins and that. But then Gizmo goes to a skylight and he gets some sunlight. 
And as Stripe is, I suppose you could say, metamorphosing into um, other gremlins or whilst the eggs are popping out of his back or whatever, with the sunlight happening at the same time, this turns, this causes him to melt down. And you get a little bit of a scare scene here where you think he's dead and then he pops back out of the water again and he just sort of vanishes. So ultimately Stripe just melts and that's how he gets destroyed. And then it sort of comes to the end of the movie here where Gizmo gets taken back to the um, old Chinese man shop where he turns up and he says that, I warned you at the beginning, the world is just not ready for this, um, for a mogwai. So he takes him back and um, that's how the film ends. But before it ends, you get a cool voice over here at the end where there's a guy who comes out and says, you know, if you hear, hear a bump in the night or if your TV's not working or an appliance in the house isn't working, just think, it might be a gremlin. So it just kind of leaves you with that for, for a little bit of a thought. And when I was a kid, I generally got a little bit spooked out by that at the end. So, um, But when I watch this film now, I just see it as a fun movie. It's a great film. Good film to watch at Christmas where we're getting into the holiday seasons now. So it's always one that's worth checking out. And that's it, guys. That's the end of the review for that. And as always, I always say it's, that is a summary of the film to really get the magic of this film. Go and watch it. It's, like I say, it's a good movie. And as as always, I always say um, a few little things at the end of the show. Thanks for participation on the Facebook page. And the my show is proud member of Legion Podcast, so check out all the other podcasts. There's some very, there's some pretty good shows out there. Some fun shows. This is this is how I got here basically through listening to all those other shows. So go check those out. And um, I will be back soon with um, Home Alone. I'm actually producing more shows than I thought at the moment, so I might be able to get some more Christmas stuff out there for December so watch out for that I'll post some stuff on Facebook um, we'll see what other Christmas movies I could probably try and get in so look out for those and to end the show I'm going to end with a song I've actually played this song already it's a cool song um, it's the end credits song to this movie so enjoy this one and I'll leave you with it so guys enjoy yourself and I'll see you soon take care